Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to a Friday episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj, July 2nd, 2021. Hope everybody is getting ready to have a nice and great holiday weekend here. Um, you know, wishing a happy 4th to everybody who's listening and then some. Hope you all do, you know, hope you all enjoy the weather. Hopefully it doesn't rain too much. Um, and yep, weather's heating up. Things are getting better and better day by day. So, a lot to look forward to um, as this month rolls on. So, in today's episode, I'm going to recap Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Atlanta Hawks and the Milwaukee Bucks, as well as preview the NFC North and some teams and their season outlook coming up uh, this year. Should be... You know, great to talk about, and obviously I'll be doing more, more and more if I can regularly with some of the teams in all these divisions to get through. You know, so stay tuned for those ones because it will be um, really good and definitely worth listening to. So with that being said, the Milwaukee Bucks were able to win Game Five, one twenty-three to one twelve. Um, coming to this game, obviously Trey Young and Giannis both dealing with injuries. Uh, thankfully, Giannis's injury was not a season-ending injury, uh, but we know that, you know, based on whatever happened in Game Four, uh, things were, you know, a little bit looking bleak for the Milwaukee Bucks, just in terms of, you know, if they didn't, if I was thinking, what they didn't have Giannis, or what would happen if this isn't that. But they got back good news, and yesterday in Game Five, the Milwaukee Bucks set the tone early. Uh, Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez uh, turned back the clock a little bit, um, had a really big time performance in this game. I think he put up like 33 points. Um, he brought it all yesterday. Uh, Chris Middleton put up 26 points. You had Drew Holiday put up 25 points and 13 assists. How about Bobby Portis? Bobby Portis stepping up. Um, and providing a spark as well with 22 points. The Milwaukee Bucks came out and pl- played with that urgency, that focus that they needed to play with uh, to get this victory. Just knowing how Game Four kind of ended for them, knowing what you know Atlanta had kind of got hot at the end of that game, it was really good to see the Milwaukee Bucks come out, be aggressive, hit shots. They attacked the paint. They attacked Atlanta inside the paint a lot. And they were able to get high quality shots, good looks from the floor. Really never give Atlanta a chance to get back in the game. Even when Atlanta made some runs in this game, the Bucks kind of held on, got some great shots. Uh, but it was a collective, well-balanced effort from their starting five. And that was a key to the key to victory for the Milwaukee Bucks. For the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, they pretty much got beat inside the paint. You know, John Collins, Capella, you know, I mean, Collins scored relatively well, but in terms of the paint, there's, there's so many buckets were being made, and the Hawks just could not uh, recover enough on defense to get enough stops. You know, it was just more that Milwaukee started off great, they kept it going, and the Hawks could just never get enough stops in this game, especially in the paint. You know, they couldn't block too many shots either. Um, they hit a decent amount of three-pointers in this game, but just their mid-range shots just wasn't falling as much until late in the game. But by that time, the Milwaukee Bucks had kind of gotten a lead. So 
you know, without Trey Young, you know, they're not going to be able to pl- apply much pressure on the Milwaukee Bucks at all. You know, Trey Young obviously it sucks that Trey Young was out, and so was Giannis, because you do want to see the stars play. But it's all about what does your supporting cast do, and you know, Bogdanovich played much better. You know, you had Gallinari play well, um, but obviously the Hawks just didn't have enough from Kevin Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter didn't play that particularly well, and that's kind of been happening a lot for the Atlanta Hawks this postseason. Is that they're seeing stretches where certain guys are shooting the ball well, and other other spots you're not seeing them sh- uh, shoot so well. And I think that's where. Orlando's inconsistency is kind of showing up here and there. Um, so, you know, they, they kind of have played so well this postseason, but they've looked great at times. Other times they get a couple of lucky breaks and are able to, you know, go ahead and, and lead. But in this game, they could just never get it going good enough where they could, you know, go on a big time run to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. And you got to give Mike Bullhausen credit, you know, putting in. You know, putting in Bobby Portis at this point in the series was, was huge. You know, he's kind of coming on strongly the last couple of games, and uh, you know they played relatively well. They moved the ball extremely well. You saw Chris Milton get to his spots. If the Bucks can play like this more often, with Giannis playing this, you know, just as great, this is the kind of effort they need uh, if they want to make it and make it to the NBA Finals. You know, so. It was a great game for the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously on their home court, getting the win. And now the, the tension shifts to Game Six now, where you know Trey Young's status is yet to be determined. But you know, with the Atlanta Hawks season on the line, you know, and they've been in this spot before, you know, they gotta find a way to uh, to get it done, to get it done, and try to force the Game Seven if they can. Um, but they cannot win without Trey Young. Um, for this particular game, like they, they, they need Trey Young. They're able to win in game four and kind of like get that victory, which was fine and everything. But, you know, it's all about now game five, six, no, sorry, game six now, where you know that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to try to come there and make some things happen. You know, shoot. You see the way Chris Milton and Drew Holiday did play. They have confidence. They have the experience to get done on, get it done on the road. Um, so let's see what Nate McMillan does with this Atlanta Hawks team. You know, will you see Bogdanovich continue to shoot well? Will you see Lou Williams have a stronger game? Uh, will Atlanta's three-point shooting be enough? You know, because in this game particularly was not. And it starts in the paint, in the paint and the rebounding battle, which... Milwaukee Bucks got the edge in the in, in this game, um, but in terms of in the paint scoring, uh, the you know the the uh, Bucks were able to have their way. And the question is now: Is Atlanta going to continue to let them dominate in the paint, or are they going to kind of force them to hit three pointers? You know, are they going to close out and do a much better job of? Closing out because there were a lot of situations yesterday where you felt like the Bucks were in the right spot the, the entire time. You know, they were in the best spot pretty much um, to get those extra rebounds and possessions and fast break points. You know, so that is something that has to be looking into consideration 
uh, especially in game six, you know, it will come down to Atlanta being much tougher in the paint. And if they can do that, along with getting some extra possessions, they may be able to turn the outcome around. So, you know, I think the Bucks, although the way they have played recently, I mean, if Giannis does come back and plays in Game 6, I think they're going to go ahead and win this series. That's the NBA Finals. Um, it just comes down to, you know, what does Atlanta do differently? Do they make any changes to their lineups? You know, will you see... You know, what would you see different from John Collins? Because he may have to be the one to really score more offensively than he did in, in Game 5. Maybe he might have to be the one to really do something inside more, along with the shooting from Hooter and Gallinari and Bogdanovich. That would be key for Orlando. They want to make this a seven-game series. Um, you know, so... Should be fun to see how it all plays out as the Suns do wait now for their opponent. And like I said, it's one of those things where you just hope that Giannis is able to kind of come back and play and be at full strength when he does. Um, so I guess we'll find out soon. Uh, but it promises to be a very exciting weekend. Either it will end in a game six, which I hope it does, um, or we'll see a game seven. And. You know, that will be really uh, a lot of things on the line, a lot of stakes. So let's see what happens. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to see how this one ends because throughout this series, you know, you've kind of seen what Atlanta's able to do, what the, what the Bucks can do when they have it going. And just knowing that, you know, Bucks are, Bucks are this close to an NBA Finals appearance, the pressure is on for them to deliver it and get it done. Um, in Game 6 against Atlanta. So in this next segment, I want to uh, start to preview the NFC North uh, for this upcoming NFL season. And so I want to start with the Detroit Lions who finished last year in last place with a 5-11 and record. And there's been a whole lot of changes to the Detroit Lions, you know. You know, gone is Matt Patricia. Gone is Bob Quinn. You have Brad Holmes as a new GM there. You know, you have Dan Campbell um, as head coach now. So there's a lot of new faces for the Detroit Lions, including Jared Goff, who was acquired in the trade for Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, who was there in Detroit for a long while, also departed in free agency, you know, Anthony Lynn, who used to be the Charger head coach, is now the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. And so there's a lot of sweeping changes under um, the Detroit Lions where they are clearly looking to compete but also rebuild and get back to a level in which they can put a winning product on the floor uh, on, the co- on, on the on the football field and it starts with you know how are they going to proceed in quarterback Jared Goff obviously uh, has been through a little bit rough stretch of his career with the 49 with uh, sorry with the 49ers with the um, Los Angeles Rams he now gets a fresh 
place to start where, you know, a lot will be on him to help this Lions team be competitive in the short term. Uh, it could be long term as well. You never know. It could be long term because what they've done since these departures is try to rebuild this team uh, to be much more sound offensively. You know, so you look at uh, they acquired some draft picks in the trade, um, and you know, in the in, in the draft they got Penai Sewell, a great offensive tackle. You know, they've kind of been trying to bolster their offensive line a little bit. The defense is looking to improve from last year, as they gave up a lot of points. I think down the stretch of the season. And they were just not be able to. They weren't able to get enough stops, you know. So they're looking for an improvement in their defense, which may happen with a new scheme and obviously some players being more healthy and better to kind of fit in with the current structure in place, you know. So Lions have that going, which is which is a great thing to see. Along with Jared Goff, you know, like you have a couple of nice players and. Amona St. Brown, who's a rookie wide receiver from USC. If he can be a number one wide receiver this year for the Detroit Lions, they'll be much better and more competitive against all the top teams in the conference. You know, they've got a running back group, which includes Jamal Williams now. Um, you know, I think they have DeAndre Swift from Georgia. So the Lions definitely have, a, have a, you know, a running game that could be solid. And because it comes down to how well they are able to pass, protect, and, um, you know, set the tone. Because Dan Campbell is all about setting that tone of, you know, talking about his first press conference about, you know, really playing hard and, you know, giving it all to your opponents. So the Lions definitely have that going. And like I said, their GM in place used to be with the Rams. So, you know, there's a lot of things that he may be able to do different than the previous GM, you know, but this season will really come down to the Lions for a couple of things. You know, one is, can Jared Goff win you games? Can you, can you see him kind of, like, prove why the Rams made a mistake? Now, it's going to be easier said than done because he's competing in a division um, that, you know, could go back and forth, but in terms of like the NFC, like you know, everyone's probably looking forward to that revenge game, which it may happen. I think this year when the Lions play the Rams, I think that game will be happening at some point. Um, you know, so question is, can Jared Goff do enough this year to prove that he can be the long-term answer at quarterback? That's one thing. I think the second thing is that you want to see how well does Dan Campbell kind of handle expectations. You know, is he able to is he able to get this team to play hard and be in these games? You know, because the Lions throughout the years have been really out of all these games. You know, they give up a lot of points. Can they keep it close enough? Can he game manage well enough where he can get the most out of his defense and his offense? Uh, just want to see what kind of experience he brings to the table. You know what kind of habits will he set for the Detroit Lions because they've been they've gone through a lot of losing, and it's not the first time they have gone through losing. So, how well enough is he able to kind of get this team to play at a high level this year will be key because they have a daunting schedule. They got a daunting schedule in which you know they're going to play some of the top teams. 
um, you know, like the 49ers, like the Packers, Baltimore Ravens, you know, possibly, like I said, they, they'll be at the Rams probably, which will be a must-see, you know, must-see game. So there are obviously going to be those kind of games coming up on the schedule. Um, you know, there's several more that I can kind of look at. And I just see a lot of games in which they're going to struggle. You know, they're going to struggle to, I think, keep up with some of these teams. Just based on their division itself, you know. So, in looking at their season, I think that you just want to see if they're able to win. And kind of start, you know, under Dan Campbell the right way. In terms of their record that I predict this year, if I had to go with the prediction of record right now, Detroit, I'm looking at their schedule, looking at how they have been um, lately. They got some really good talent. They got some really good talent that's going to take time for them to get it going. And I could see them winning about four games. I'm going to say four and 13 will be their record. Um, I just think they're going to have a tough time um, being able to win some games. And it's not necessarily that Jared Goff is going to be the reason why they're going to lose all these games, but I just think that this group, I mean, they're young. They've got, they got a long way to go. And until they don't start winning within the division more, it's hard to believe them being able to have any chance against some of the top teams in the conferences. So, I could see them winning about four games this year. Um, but I think they're going to lose a lot on the road. I think some teams are going to outmatch them. I think Dan Campbell is going to struggle a little bit. Um, kind of getting this team to play at a high level. You know, they will win games. You know, they won't go win less. Uh, I think they're going to win about four games this year. And you just mostly want to see what kind of talent do they have. By the end of this season, you know, what do they do to make it much different? Um, you know, how, can, can they play harder? Can they be in the conversation is the question for the Detroit Lions. And I think they have ways to go. Uh, it all comes down to how well do they play early on. If their running game is good, they can get a running game going at a high level. Maybe Jared Goff will benefit off that. But if, if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't do that, if he doesn't do that, then it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a long season for, it's going to be a long season for the um, Detroit Lions. I think that they're going to need a lot of things to go right for Jared Goff to be at a high level. And, you know, it's not totally out of the question that if Jared Goff isn't the answer, if they don't want to go in that direction where they keep him, um, you know, then they would be looking for, a, looking for a quarterback next year. And that conversation will come again, you know, about getting a quarterback. So the Lions have a lot to kind of work on and get through. I think they'll lose a lot of these games this year. 4-13 and 13 is the record that I'm going with. Um... But you just want to see what Dan Campbell does differently than his previous coaches that have been there. And obviously one season is not enough to, to gauge that. But you will kind of see, you know, how well does Jerry Goff play and whether the Lions will be, you know, will stick with him next year um, or will they, you know, change, change their ways. But, you know, they had opportunity to draft a quarterback 
happening to draft a quarterback that they may have wanted. Um, obviously, some teams only moved ahead and got got those players, but they had their chances, and so you just hope that they are able to figure out their quarterback uh, plan soon enough. Whether it be Jared Goff or whether it be a quarterback next year, I mean that's going to be a big, big thing uh, for Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell's tenure in Detroit, and whether it be a, a successful one or whether it be a short-lived one. So in this next segment, I want to now talk about the Minnesota Vikings and their season outlook for this upcoming NFL season. Now the Minnesota Vikings have gone through a little bit of a rough stretch lately. I think it's been a couple of seasons now where they haven't been in the postseason. They were in that wild card game against the Saints a couple of years ago, I think, and then they went to the divisional round. Um, but since then, they've had a little bit of a tough time getting back. You know, it's been a little bit of a challenging portion. I think this was a, yeah, I think this is probably been a year. They weren't in the postseason last year, obviously. Um, so Minnesota Vikings last year, they finished seven and nine, and I think this is a big year for head coach Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. As you know, Mike Zimmer is going to be on the hot seat, no doubt. And Kirk Cousins, even though he's been paid uh, to be the quarterback for, I think, another year or so, you know, it doesn't rule out anything. I mean, he's obviously not been the main reason why they've lost, you know, recently. But obviously his play at times has been inconsistent. And they're looking to hopefully to change that around with a much better unit um, this time around. You know, Zimmer obviously biggest thing was this offseason was trying to see if he could make a you know an addition to his defense, which they added Patrick Peterson, which will help their secondary, and they have to be better as a defense and getting turnovers and getting stops because that was one thing that really hurt them a lot last year. They could have turned, they could have flipped the script. You know, they could have won nine games last year. Their defense had played a little bit better in some spots, so. You know, they've addressed some needs in, in the offseason where, you know, you've seen them add some pieces on both sides. The offensive line is going to be huge because Kirk Cousins was obviously sacked a lot last year, hit a lot. Um, so hopefully they're able to keep the offensive line going because we know they have a start at running back in Dalvin Cook who is looking to remain healthy. Looking to remain healthy. You know, being healthy as a team is very important, obviously, and we've seen what injuries can do, and there will be injuries, no doubt, to a lot of teams this year. This is just because of the nature of the game as such, but, you know, the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings have added depth, you know, behind some of their roster spots, so I think they'll be much better off being able to have a chance this year to compete. And the biggest thing you want to see is, you know, the Vikings being able to get off to a much better start this year to be efficient on offense and to be able to you know keep it going and find ways find ways to win those big time games they were a good road team last year but at home they struggled so they gotta find a way to be better especially at home where 
we know that when they have it going, they can play extremely well. So there's obviously a lot of things to look forward to. Justin Jefferson, year two. I mean, he led, I think, all wide receivers, rookie wide receivers last year in receiving yards. Jefferson is looking to continue his rise as a top wide receiver. You know, Adam Thielen is still there as well, you know, providing a boost. As an offense, you just want to see them take, a, take another step. But not only seeing Dalvin Cook do great, but you want to see Justin Jefferson make this offense very explosive. Um, and they got, like I said, they have got some really good pieces there on their offensive side of the ball. But they can compete with a lot of teams. They should be able to put up points. Uh, question is, can their defense be the one to kind of, you know, do something and add a little extra? Because there was a lot of pressure last year on the Vikings in which their offense had to be on the field a lot. Their defense struggled. Some penalties, some turnovers, you know, miscommunications, blown calls. So, in terms of a pass rush, they have to be much better. And they got to get turnovers. I think that you'll see them win some division games this year. And they are obviously going to be going up against the Packers in the division, which they have to be able to win those games and and, and play play really well. You know, Kirk Cousins is getting older as a quarterback, and so you know they do have Kellen Mond on the roster as the backup quarterback spot. You know, the Vikings are getting to that direction where they have a short window to compete. Um, and that's what happens with a lot of teams, you know. The windows kind of come and go a lot between three and four years. And it feels like the Minnesota Vikings have been they're always knocking close. They've been knocking very close on the door. Um, but they haven't been able to get over the hump, you know. With Case Keenum, they couldn't get there. With Kirk Cousins, they've had their shortcomings. So, you know, it just comes down to, you know, what the Vikings look like after this year. You know, they got some young talent. You know, they got some good momentum going for them in terms of whatever they have up to this point. Um, but their window to win is like right now. And in terms of their quarterback of the future, I mean, Kirk Cousins is at that spot right now. But if he, if he doesn't play big time, especially this year on the road um, and at home particularly, uh, the Vikings are going to have to look, look elsewhere. And who knows? That may be Kellen Mond. That may not be Kellen Mond, but they need something to change this year. And looking at their key games on their schedule, you know, they're asking Cincinnati to open up at Arizona. You know, you got Baltimore as well, Los Angeles, San Fran. And then some of the home games they have, you know, against Seattle, Cleveland, Dallas, Pittsburgh. It's a lot of tough games for the Minnesota Vikings this year. They're going to be tested big time. And. I think that for Mike Zimmer, you know, he obviously has been in the league for a long time. His defensive background was highly spoken of when he came out coming out of Cincinnati. The personnel obviously has changed a lot, so you know, can he do a good job coaching this defense to be much better? Um, you know, because if they struggle and they have the same results they had last year. Unfortunately, he's not going to last as head coach. So you just want to see how disciplined they can be. Can their secondary kind of hold their own against some of the elite passing offenses that they'll see this year? And the games that I did mention, 
uh, it's going to be a tough battle for him to to win. So, looking at their record and what, what it might be this year, I'm going to say they're going to go eight and nine. I think they're going to win in the division. I think they're going to win some home games this year. I think they're going to win some more home games this year. I think they're going to win at least four home games this year, or, or even five potentially. But I think what's going to end up happening to them is I think they're going to be, I think they're going to they're going to lose a lot of close games. I think, I think that you're going to see Kirk Cousins kind of be, be in the spotlight to deliver in a lot of these games. I think he's not going to be able to get it done. Now I'm not saying that he's not talented and he's not going to put up numbers. He will put up numbers, but I think that a lot of these games will come down uh, in the final minutes, and I just don't think that Kirk Cousins is going to be able to deliver. You know, he hasn't shown it all the time as a quarterback in some situations he has, um, but I think that they're going to come close. They're going to be in the hunt for a playoff spot, but I think they're going to lose about nine games. I think they'll be eliminated just because of that ninth game. I think they'll lose, like, some of the division games because if the Packers have Aaron Rodgers back, I don't see the Vikings winning against the Packers as much. They could split with them possibly, um, but I think more and more like look at these home, uh, not like home games. Look at the Vikings road schedule this year. I think they're gonna lose some of those ones. I think they're gonna play flat at times. You know, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson will have good seasons but I think that a lot of their efforts will kind of be you know towards the end it will all come down to Kirk Cousins making plays and he may do them throughout the game um, but in that final crucial stretch if the, some games are on the line I think the Lions will sorry the Lions uh, the Minnesota Vikings I mean I think they're, they're gonna lose those games um, because I think even though that their defense has um, you know Patrick Peterson, I just don't know if their pass rush is good enough to, to, to kind of last over the entire season. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on this offense to score, and I think they're going to come up short in some spots, especially late in these games. So I'll say 8-9 record for the, for the Minnesota Vikings this year.